Welcome to the Bible Conversation Podcast with Chris, Dan, and Dylan. Let's have a conversation. Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. We're glad to have you all listening in, and uh, we're glad to bring you another week of content. This is going to be an exciting uh, episode for us. We have Chris Carrillo. Uh, he's wanting to share his personal story with everyone, uh, how he decided to become a Christian and the the journey that he took along the way there. So, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you and just let you tell your story. We'll ask you a few questions along the way, but let's have a conversation. All right. So I actually uh, was born in 1992, and my mother at that time was a part of the Catholic Church, at least went to the Catholic Church. And about a year or two years later, she decided she didn't really want to, and it may have been a little longer. My memory on the timeline there is a little fuzzy. But we ended up going to uh, what is now called uh, Fellowship Church. It's a non-denominational church out in the Metroplex, uh, DFW Metroplex, and we went there for, you know, five, six, maybe seven years. And it, I mean, it was enjoyable. It was fun. But I don't recall any substance. I don't recall any, you know, meat to my Christian walk. I don't recall really learning much of anything. Uh, there was no basis for Christ that was formed there. And uh, that really becomes true around the age of 12, I got involved, heavily involved in tennis. I had been a sports guy for all of my life, playing basketball, baseball, soccer, and then tennis was the last one. And I ended up playing it from the time I was 12 all the way through college. Uh, I was a collegiate athlete uh, on scholarship for, for tennis, so it worked out well for me. But I didn't go to church on Sundays. I didn't attend worship. I didn't attend any fellowship events with people from church. In fact, from the age of about 12 to 19, I didn't really step foot in a church except maybe once or twice. And that was, you know, at the time it wasn't a big deal. Looking back, I mean, that's kind of scary. I attend church every time the doors are open right now. And so the thought of not going is a little scary. Um, from then... I got to call in college. It was, uh, or is a uh, junior college. And my first year there was just as the previous seven or eight years had been. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't seeking Christ. I wasn't doing anything that would draw me closer to him. And in fact, I was, unbeknownst to me, being pulled away from Christ. Um, you know, there were a couple times where I actually uh, drank not not often, but I did. And, uh, you know, just cussing was a normal part of my everyday life. My, my words were definitely not seasoned with salt. I was profane in the way that I spoke. And I was really looking out mostly for myself. I mean, I was still overall a good guy, but I was definitely not focused on the things I should have been. My, after my first year, I redshirted for a year. And uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, a red shirt just simply means to sit out for a year. Uh, you maintain eligibility, so you don't lose a year of eligibility, but you're able to stay on the team on the team without uh, any consequences. You just get to train and practice and get better. Well, uh, during 
I guess that final year, my my full actual sophomore year, a girl came on the tennis team, and uh, she was uh, she was pretty, she was smart, and I had no idea the difference between Mormon and Christianity, but she was Mormon. And I started, uh, after three or four months, I started going to uh, what they call a ward. And it was, it was interesting. Uh, we had started dating very recently after I started going to the ward. And within a month, people were asking if I was going to be baptized. Within two months, people were asking when we were going to get married. It was a very <laughs> pressurized situation. And I, you know, I look back on it now and I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope I never do that to anybody that walks into our building. Because that's not, that's not the way it should be. Like, it should be a personal decision that each individual comes to on their own accord. And so you know, I sat down and had talks with their bishop, is what they called him, as uh, kind of the leader of the church, um, I guess what you might consider an elder in ours and had conversations with what they call elders, oddly enough, which is 18 to 22-year-old people. Uh, they now allow females in that role. They didn't prior. But um, you know, I had conversations with their version of elders about all these things, and it made me think. It really got me thinking. On the, on the outside, the Mormon church seems to be accurate. Uh, it seems to talk about Christ as the Savior. But the further that you dig, especially into the history of the Mormon church, the further from the truth it becomes. And so over the course of the next six, seven months, I did a lot of research. I did a lot of studying. And, you know, that research and studying was spurned because of someone else talking to me about God, in essence, right? They, that, that's that's what it came out of. And so I did a bunch of research and I came to the conclusion that the Mormon church was not truthful. There may be elements of truth within the Mormon church, but there is not, it is not truth itself. Uh, does that make sense to y'all? Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I'm okay. sorry. Go ahead, Dan. No, no, that's, that's right. Are there any questions that y'all have so far or do you want me to keep on chugging? I say keep going. Um, Let's yeah, go I'm good. I'm just listening. <laughs> All right. Uh, so about the summertime, maybe July, um, I had, that was when I had decided that it wasn't, I wasn't going to be baptized into the Mormon church. I was not going to become a part of that. And my, I guess, girlfriend at the time and I amicably split up. Uh, it was, it wasn't fun. We, we both, you know, I mean, we, we both loved each other and we both cared for each other, but it wasn't going to work out. We were of two different opinions. We were not going to, neither of us was going to change our mind. And um, prior to that, in about May, I had played in the uh, NJCAA National Tennis Tournament with my team. And um, all of that was, you know, a, a a point to, you know, I guess all the tournaments leading up to it is, is what that led to. And um, I had met a, a coach from Southeastern Oklahoma State. It's where I went to college in, in Durant. 
and uh, talked with him about joining his team, you know, about being a member of the, the, the Southeastern's tennis team. And uh, I was really excited about it. And I, I told him, you know, we were in the parking lot talking about it. And I said, one of the things that I'm really looking for is, is a good church. Like that's, that's what I need. And he kind of laughed a little bit and said, I, I know a place. And so we, you know, we started talking over the phone, over email, and uh, I made a, a visit. And he went down uh, with me. Or I guess I went up and, and met him there, and we, we toured the campus. And one of the places that he showed me was what's called the Student Bible Center. And this was uh, a place where uh, a group of people get together and study the Word. They get together and just have fun. It's a phenomenal time. It's, it, in other places, it's called a Bible chair. Uh, there's there's a lot of different names for it, but the director of it, uh, his name is Jared. Him and I are good friends now, and uh, he uh, introduced me to a lot of other people. And when I walked into that room, that I, I I told him specifically, I said, "I've I've heard a lot of different things. I really just want to know what the truth is." No, Chris, and, do you mind if I jump in here real quick? Yeah, go um, for it. One of the things you said to the tennis coach was that you're looking for a good church, and that's what you yep. want when you're looking for a college is that there's a strong church around there. What made you want to ask that question? Because you were saying that you're thinking all about yourself early on in college and that um, you're just looking for your direction in life. And so when you're looking at transferring to Southeastern, right, um, yes. what made you want to say, I need a good, solid church. I need somebody that can support me spiritually. What made you want to say that? So that's actually a really good question. During my time, and this is, so I'll make a statement a little later, and I might just make it now that it's going to sound almost blasphemous. But when you've heard the entirety of my story, you'll kind of understand what I mean by it, is that the Mormon church led me to Christ, right? Not that the Mormon church has Christ in it, but it led me to find Christ. And so one of the things that I found while going to the Mormon church was that the idea of fellowship, the idea of worship, the idea of gathering together with other people to worship God is very accurate. It is something that we have to do. It's something we need to do, right? God, God exists. God is alive. God is there. We need to worship him. He has done so much for us. And because of that, we need to worship him. Um, and so knowing that, I knew that I needed to find a good church. I knew that I needed to find somewhere that taught the truth. And that was really the bottom line. As I was looking, I was looking for the truth. I was looking for the truth of the Bible, the truth of Christ. What what exactly does the Bible say? Right? What exactly am I supposed to do with my life as a Christian? Uh, at the time I was agnostic. When I first started uh in college, I was agnostic. I for those of you who don't know what that is, that, that means you don't know really if there's a God out there. You think there might be. But if there is a God, well, he doesn't have anything to do with my life, right? And so I had switched my gears of thinking from thinking that there wasn't a God to knowing that there was a God. And now I just wanted to know what that God desired of me, right? Who that God is is, is another part of that question. And you know, when you know that there's a God, but you don't know who he is or what he wants, that's actually a scary thought. Because if there's a God that exists, who is creator of the universe, who is creator of the earth, well, I probably want to know what he wants of me. You know, I mean, if he can create everything around me and he can create me, 
then yes, I, I, I desperately want to know what it is that he wants. I want to be able to follow him. And so that was the reason that I wanted to find a good church is because I wanted to know what the truth was. I didn't, I didn't want any more false doctrine. You know, I mean, there's, there's so much out there and I just wanted to know, I mean, what does the Bible say? If the Bible is the word of God, what does it say? And I need, I needed someone to help me along that path. Uh, kind of really in, in essence, similar to the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 19, you know, how can I know unless someone shows me the way? And so that's what I was looking for, you know? And, uh, so anyway, I got to, well, if I could just jump in real quick, Chris, yeah, go for it. What's interesting is, uh, before you, it sounds like before you even started asking that question and placing priority on what is the truth, um, you know, you talk about how the Mormon church, you know, and going to that assembly, um, it almost sounds like to me kind of similar to what we talked about Dylan last week, right? About, you know, your lesson about spiritual disciplines. It seems almost as if Chris, that this, this assembling together, just this, this human experience of being with others and coming together in a place of worship. It was, it it was filling you. It was filling something in your life that you, Maybe you knew you were missing. You knew that you should have had, and uh, and and that uh, that kind of reminds me of something Paul said in Romans. You know how he talks about how, you know, even the Gentile, you know, they even though they don't have the law, but by nature they do the things in the law, because there's you know there's their there's this conscience, there's this template in their heart, you know that they know there's they sense innately that. This is something they're supposed to be doing. This is something they were created to do. And it kind of sounds like that was your your initial experience was going to worship. Does that does that sound kind of right or true? Yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. I I realized that by going to worship there that there was something I had been missing and uh it was something that I needed. You know, and, and you I also realized at the same time what you were missing was that purpose. Uh, just yes. like what Dan was saying, we were talking about last week with spiritual disciplines, you have to have a purpose behind what you do. Um, Chris, you're starting to realize that, hey, there's a, a God, there's somebody greater than me out there, but you're missing your purpose. And I think that's what you're about to get to. Yeah. So I, I knew that I was missing something, right? And that, that part of that, not all of it, but part of that was the assembly itself, right? Was meeting together with people of like mind who are all wanting to worship God. But the other part of that was the truthfulness of it, right? If if we all got together and, and worship the giant chicken, we would all be together, but we would be worshiping the wrong thing, right? Yeah. And and so that that has an element of good in it, but it's not good, right? And so you need both. You've got to have both. You have to worship in spirit and truth. You can't have one without the other because one without the other is just flat. It's It's meaningless. And so someone needs to draw a picture of that. Everyone worshiping a big giant chicken. (laughs) You know, I have no doubt that there is a picture out there on Google. Um, We might have to, no, we don't want to find that. Um, Sorry, Chris, go ahead. (laughs) So I was uh, was meeting with Jared and, you know, we'd studied quite a few times and, and I met with one of the elders at the church and we talked about the differences between the Mormon church and the contradictions that it has in and of itself and just all sorts of stuff that helped me to become more convicted of my beliefs. 
And so listening to a Devo one night, we had Devos every Monday night. They started at seven o'clock and went to about eight thirty or nine. Uh, typically people would stay later just to hang out. You know, I mean, there were times where I didn't leave the Bible center until midnight just because people were hanging out and I'd get there at six. You know I mean? It was just, it was a wonderful time. Sorry. And you said this was like the life church or something or the. No, what? this is, this was, this is a part of the Durant church of Christ. Durant. So oh, okay. it was, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So this was a, um, I guess subsidiary would be the word. I don't know. Basically they, the, the Durant church had purchased a plot of land and built a building in order that they could have a college ministry is, is the oh, bottom yeah. line. Yeah. And, um, and so I went there and it was, you know, a devotional one Monday night. Um, I guess it would have been on the 11th. So November 11th of 2013 is when that would have been. And the guy speaking, his name is Seth. And he, uh, was talking about giving our time to God, how if we have to wake up a little earlier in the morning or we have to go to bed a little later in the day, we need to make sure that we read the word of God, that we make time in our day for him. And there was something about the lesson that just hit me. And I realized right after that, you know, I, I need to be baptized. And I would have been baptized that night if not for wanting my family to be there, if not for wanting my mother and my uncle to be there to witness it, to see it. Um, and I don't know why that was so important to me at the time. I do now, but at the time, I, I'm not sure. But I'm glad, in part, I'm glad that I'm waited. And in part, I wish I had just done it. You know, like there's kind of that, I don't know how to explain that, but that's Sunday. a sense of urgency. <laughs> yeah. It's that, and, and I had the sense of urgency and I knew I needed to be baptized. And I was, and I guess I should, I don't know. That's the thing, right? Is I, I was willing to wait, but I don't know that I should have been. Um, I'm more curious about how you said you're listening to a lesson about the importance of reading your Bible, but then you're come you're thinking about how you need to be baptized. What what was kind of the connection there? What, what giving your all to God? Okay, and had you already reading, been studying about baptism, or yeah, I'd already been studying about baptism, and I had, like I said, I had talked with Jared quite a bit. We'd had quite a few different studies about salvation and uh, different things, and. You know, I'd let him know I'm looking for the truth. And so he's, he had done his, you know, his due diligence in teaching me the, you know, the, I guess the plan of salvation. I don't like the word steps, but the plan of salvation that, that has been laid out before us. And mm-hmm. uh, so I was aware of it. I, I was aware of what needed to happen. And it was really just the, you know, you've got to make God a priority. And the fact that I hadn't been baptized yet meant that I hadn't put God as my priority. And so it was giving God everything that I was and am and will be. And so that Sunday, you know, that, that night or that next day, I had called my parents and said, hey, Sunday, I'm, I'm getting baptized. I, I want y'all there. And so that Sunday rolls around. You know, that whole week, I was actually a little anxious, like more anxious than I normally am about getting run over by a car, right? Ridiculous <laughs> things that don't happen normally, right? I was, I was worried about it. And that, to me, goes to show, like, I was, I was aware of the sense of urgency, but I think even at that point, I was so wanting to share with others the good news of Christ and what he can do for us that I was willing to wait a little bit. And so Sunday rolls around, and I had asked Sean Hamill, uh, who was the the coach at the time, uh, to baptize me. And 
we got into that water is November 17th and the heater was not on. So it is November in Oklahoma and there's no heater in the water. The water was freezing cold. Now, you guys know me pretty well. You know that I'm pretty animated and I, you know, am, I like to joke. Well, when I got in the water, I very quickly made a face of like, oh my goodness, this is cold. Because it was. And I think there were a couple people in the audience that were like, oh goodness, Chris, like this is not the time. And Sean (laughs) was even a little concerned. But when he went down to to actually baptize me, a little water got into uh, the waders. And he was like, oh, okay, that's cold. And so... I will never forget the day. I will never forget the experience. I will never forget coming up out of the water knowing that, knowing without a shadow of a doubt that my sins have been cleansed, that everything that was in my life prior is moot. I am a new creation in Christ. And and the joy that I felt, the happiness that I felt of being immersed in Christ, of coming up in newness of life is immeasurable. I, it's, when you, when you felt it, you can't explain it. You know, it's one of those things that it's just, it's such an awesome feeling. And from then on, I have not stopped in sharing the gospel. I went from being somebody who, uh, you know, at the beginning of the story, right? I mean, I cussed, I, I drank a little bit. I, you know, was looking out for myself to now today, I'm, I'm sitting here on a Bible conversations podcast preaching about what God has done in my life, you know, and and I don't want anybody to go away from this thinking that I have done anything special because I have not. Everything that has happened in my life is, is God's own doing. It is his hand guiding my life. And I have, you know, you you can look back and you can see him kind of directing my paths. uh, And, and it's, it's amazing. But God is the one who is in charge. God's the one who's in control. Um, you know, there was no specific moment of clarity that just hit me, you know, aside from hearing the Devo and realizing, you know, that, okay, I need to do this, but it was a series of, of lessons. It was a, uh, a longevity of study. It was, you know, there was time that was involved from beginning to end. It was, it was over a year before I realized that I wasn't a Christian and needed to be baptized. And I think we lose sight of that sometimes. You know, we we think that to convert someone, it needs to happen quick or we're doing something wrong. But man, sometimes it's the long game. Sometimes you've got to take your time and, and just wait for people to come around um, because I mean, it's the greatest decision that I have ever made. And I'm so grateful for the people that had that helped me to get there, right? I mean, it without without Sean, really without the the ex girlfriend, without Jared, I would not have come to Christ the way that I came to Christ. And there's still a chance that I would have, right? But not in that way. And so, anyway, that is that's my story of of, of coming to Christ, becoming a Christian, and. Uh, is there anything you guys have uh, questions about or anything? Yeah, uh, any I've got a comment. I just want to see what y'all have to say about this. You know, you're talking about all the people that work in your life, Chris. 
do you think that says something about us and how we need to always be ready for God to use us in other people's lives? Because you don't think Jared is getting up in the morning thinking, okay, I'm going to go meet this kid named Chris Carrillo and tell him about Christ, right? (laughs) Um, He didn't know you by name until much later and y'all good friends now. But I think we need to always be ready to to share the gospel. And Jared was ready to share with you. And I'm so thankful that he was and and that he was loving and that he was patient with you along that year. Um, Yeah. But I think that says something about us today as Christians. We always need to be ready to share with people, but also we need to be loving and patient with them. Um, Dan, do you want to add a few comments about that? Yeah, well, I totally agree. Yeah, we need to be patient and loving. And um, I think that you can see that in uh, Chris's story, you know, that uh, there were there were people around him that were that were doing that very thing. And. As you said, Chris, you know, ultimately, God is the one who is providing these opportunities. You know, Jesus even said to Peter, you know, flesh and blood has not shown this to you, but my Father in heaven. Uh, you know, blessed are you. And so uh, uh, that that thought is is critical, but also keeping in mind that God uses us. He uses human agency uh, in the, the sharing and teaching of his word you know, to, to help us along. And that's, that's, that's something to be very grateful for. And like you said, Dylan, as Christians to be uh, mindful of our influence, the things that we're doing that we don't even realize we're doing just because we're being Christians. Yeah. Last thing I want to add is, you know, my, my spiritual journey did not end when I rose from the waters. And, you know, I think we, we sometimes, mistake baptism as the culmination of a journey when in reality it's it's also the beginning right like the 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 year-long journey it took me to become a christian ended at baptism my journey as a christian began and i think that's something that, that we have to keep in mind is that every day we should be striving to become better than we were the day before as christians every day we should be seeking to grow closer to god because he is always there for us and he has already given us so much. And so, you know, this, I think it's really important that we just understand that becoming a Christian is not the end. It's the beginning. Yeah. That's so, so true. Um, well, Chris, we thank you for sharing your story today. That was awesome. Um, thank you. Just wanted to make a note to our listeners. If y'all want to leave a comment, reach out to us through our contact info that you'll, um, uh, find on whatever avenue you're listening to this on. Um, you can find our contact info. Send us an email. Uh, join the conversation. That's what we really want to encourage through this. Have conversations with your friends and family and uh, join our conversation by uh, reaching out to us. So, Chris, thanks again. Dan, appreciate your comments. And uh, to our listeners, um, we'll see y'all next week. Mm-hmm.